Good evening, baseball fans. It is Sunday, January 21st. I almost said April. I have no idea of <laughs> a girl can dream. I'm like, is it baseball season yet? Apparently, apparently my my clock is is already set to baseball because I I want it to be April and baseball season. Anyhow, January, guys, January. Still uh still not baseball season yet. So January 21st, Sunday. I don't know what episode this is. We'll figure it out at some point. But I'm Susie. That is Kelsey. This is bourbon and baseball. I don't have any bourbon, but we got a lot of baseball. We got a lot of baseball to talk about. Just some peppermint tea to go with my ever-aging St. Louis Cardinals team. <laughs> Just me over here. Yeah, but all the baseball. All the baseball, guys. Um, but first, before we get into, into baseball, Kels, um, I was a literal, a literal popsicle this weekend. You were. An actual literal popsicle. And being from South Texas... Oh, Jesus. I said being from South Texas and not like moving here. Whatever. I'm not a Texan yet. Just FYI. I, I'm still still a Vegas girl at heart. Still a Vegas girl at heart. Anyways, I was freezing. I was freezing at FanFest. We had Astros FanFest this weekend. And I'm pretty sure I'm just now thawing out. But as I was thinking about all like the FanFests that were happening around, you know, the country, I was thinking... Hey, you know what would be super fun? If we start talking about fantasy camp. Do the Cardinals have fantasy camp? No, I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is? Okay. No. So apparently, apparently fantasy camp only happens for the teams that are not so good and need to um, draw in the people's support. Because what I could find online is uh, the Oakland Athletics have fantasy camp. Oh, yes, it mm -hmm. is because they like don't do a fan fest because that would be but, like no supportive normal ownership thing to do. But also the Boston Red Sox held fantasy oh, camp. Oh, no. Uh-huh. So if you guys aren't aware what fantasy camp is, is basically a, a week-long camp where normal Joe Schmoes can sign up for a certain dollar amount and go play with ex ball players and train and do the workouts and do the cold tubs and and play at actual games with and against ex baseball players from from the team okay and i was like you know what i would i would pay an ungodly amount of money i would figure it out there would be there definitely would be a spicy link somewhere in order for me to to make the kind of money that would be needed to do an Astros fantasy camp one day. Yeah. And so yeah, I didn't know if like the Cardinals down. ever did that or. No, that but I, not to my knowledge, but I would totally be down to, you know, inevitably make a fool of myself, but for a very memorable experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I would, I would definitely do that. Um, just, just for the sheer laughter of everybody else essentially because um, I don't think I've told you this but I when I was growing up I actually had aspirations to be the first uh, woman umpire in major league baseball and I I it just kind of you know it fell off um, amongst the chasing Broadway dreams and other things but 
I actually, the past two years, I've like been this close to going to one of the major league baseball umpiring camps that they have. Cause they do them here in Chicago. And I don't know, I haven't done it, but it's, it's something that I, I might do. I think it's free like to go initially, or it's like, you know, it's very cheap. It's like 30 bucks or something. I don't know. It's definitely very affordable and accessible to me, but I guess I'm putting it out there because even if just for the content, like I should go, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in my younger years, that may have actually been a thing that we could do. Well, no, I say that I'm only five, two, so I may not have to actually squat to be oh, in the yeah. same line as the that's true. You really have a, a great advantage there because that, that would be difficult for me. I'm thinking that I could just, if I just stood normally yes. behind the most of the catchers, totally. I would be the same height. This is your calling. We Wow. We're uncovering all kinds of things so early on in this episode. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, guys, if you guys have ever heard about Fantasy Camp, thought about Fantasy Camp, let me know. Not that kind of fantasy camp, guys. Like, you know, the the player kind. Okay. Um, but before we get into that, I didn't give you guys the warning. This is a radar podcast for all of the adult content, adult language content. Adult there we language, go. Yeah. I, yeah, I got I got to preface that. I got to <laughs> reword all of the things because it's not it's not that kind of adult content, guys. Like that's that's not this podcast. Um, language, language, all of the four letter words. Will, will happen some probably some sort of like inappropriate adult humor will escape me because that's just who I am as a person so if that's not your jam that is okay but here is the warning um if cuss words offend you or if you have little ones listening you might want to put some earmuffs on them or you know you put your earbuds in um but I'm not gonna judge you regardless whatever that's that's you do you boo but there's the warning. Just don't just don't get mad when, you know, your four-year-old's like, Mom, what does the word fuck mean? That's I warned you. No responsibility um, here. Yeah. My one of one of my friends uh actually was, was listening to, before I started doing the warning, start was listening to the podcast in the car with her with her children. And their the five-year-old was like, Mom, why does why does Susie keep saying fucking? <laughs> no. I was like, and the warning was born. <laughs> I was like, love that for me. That's so good. So yeah. So there's there's your there's your warning, guys. Um, before we get into all of the hot stove news, though, we are going to do our 40 man find segment. I love this segment. And it's um kind of it I'm learning a lot of new things, but I'm also like, this is ending up being like my homework that I inevitably put off to the last last second because you know like there's no better time to do something than the last moment and I love that so we are doing our 40 man find which is basically you know any guy on the on the, hey guess what the 40 man roster for all of the teams and it's just a guy that we think that you guys should know about if you heard that, that you loud otherwise... crash yeah oh, my cat what was also it? wants you to know my cat oh. wants you to know about <laughs> about who she wants for the 40 man find as well. It's a very uh, professionally produced podcast that you guys are listening to guys. That's we, that's we have, we both have cat producers. So that mm-hmm. yeah tells you what you're in for. Yeah. She's, 
she's not very good though. She needs more training. Anyhow, my cat uh, has training. his head bare, like his head. I wish I could show you. his head is like smashed into the bed. Like it just looks like he's like, you know, cannot breathe. Right. I'm not sure how it's comfortable, but he's very cozy over here, working hard. Um, love it. Love it. Um, mine is just causing havoc, like cats do. Anyhow. 40 man fine guys basically this is a guy on the 40 man roster that we a find interesting b that we would just think that hey he's a cool guy and we think that we could be buddies with him and so you know if any of these guys uh you know and if their significant other is like yes totally go be friends with this female person go have a drink in the most least non-sexual way ever, because really, like ninety-nine percent of these guys that that we're telling you about on the Forty Man Fine, we're just like, hey, we just want to be buddies. Like, unless you know, I get to the Blue Jays for some point. I don't have the AL, but you know, if I get to the Blue Jays, I'm like, Kevin Kiermaier, if you're listening, just saying. For some reason, you find you know, mid forty year old slightly chubby Asian ladies attractive. Oh, hit me what? up. Just saying, <laughs> Kevin Kiermeyer. But ninety-nine percent of the guys we just find like very interesting, and we want to tell you about these guys. If you find them interesting, or more so, you know, by all means, let us know. Um, Kelsey has the AL. I have the NL, and we're doing these in reverse order of record. So you know, worst to first. Uh, this week. In the AL, we have Detroit. Mm-hmm. And in the NL, we have the Padres. And we are finally on, like, winning records. We're finally on winning records. The Padres were 82 and 80. Yes. And um, they tied, actually, with Cincinnati. So, you know. <laughs> Just next as week, everyone guys, predicted. <laughs> yes. Next week, you'll hear about Cincinnati. So, Kelsey, who was your Detroit Tigers 40-man find? Well, very true to your description of the 40-man find, my find is someone who may not be on your radar, whether you're a Tigers fan or you've been a baseball fan for the past decade or so since he's been in the system because he's had some high highs, came up really hot, but has been very under the radar as of late. And I'm excited to see him get back on a major league contract the past two seasons and join the Detroit Tigers for the 2024 season. And that is Detroit Tigers relief pitcher Shelby Miller. Shelby oh. Miller. Yeah. Love Shelby Miller. The original, the, the OG listeners of the podcast um, will know that Shelby Miller used to be my co-host. Oh, literally her name literally was Shelby Miller. I knew her first Shelby name was Miller. Shelby, but her... I mean, mm-hmm. I guess Miller is a pretty common last name, but that is funny. Yeah. And she was also, uh, she was a badass softball player. So in the vein of like athletes. Yeah. Sh- like Shelby Miller, Shelby Miller. And I was like. Also was from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shelby, this Shelby Miller was born in Round Rock, Texas. Oh. On, where is Round Rock? Do you know? It is. Is it like. From here, like six-ish hours, like it's kind of in between. It's it's up more by Dallas. Like it's not yeah, by the not, Dallas yeah. Fort Worth. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was born there in uh, on October tenth of nineteen ninety, and he attended Brownwood High School in Brownwood, Texas. 
The Abilene reporter tells us that he played for the school's baseball team as a pitcher, where in his sophomore year, he threw a no-hitter and he helped lead his team to the regional semifinals. As a junior in 2008, Miller threw three no-hitters in consecutive starts, including one perfect game. Wow. Coming in hot. Uh, in his senior year, he pitched to a 10-2 win-loss record with a 1.90 earned run average and recorded, this is this is correct, so I want you to listen in, he recorded 153 strikeouts in 77 and two-thirds innings. So yes, he had almost twice as many strikeouts as innings pitched. His fastball recorded as fast as 97 miles per hour, even in high school. In so high school? That explains some of it, yeah. So at this time, he was being compared to fellow Texas power pitchers like Nolan Ryan and Josh Beckett by writers for USA Today. And in addition to baseball, he played tight end and defensive end for his school's football team. So if he's not pitching a no-hitter, he's out there on the football field. The Dallas Morning News reported that Shelby Miller committed to, to attend Texas A&M University on scholarship to play college baseball. But the St. Louis Cardinals selected Miller in the first round of the 2009 Major League Baseball draft. So rather than attending Texas A&M, he signed with the Cardinals, receiving a $2.875 million signing bonus on the August 17th deadline. And I found this uh, per an article by the San Angelo Standard Times, which was titled, 18-year-old Shelby Miller of Brownwood is officially a millionaire. <laughs> That was interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. So Shelby Miller is starting his professional career. The Cardinals assigned him to the Quad Cities River Bandits, which was their Class A Midwest League team at the time. And he made two appearances there. He returned to the Quad Cities for the 2010 season with a 7-5 win-loss record, 3.62 ERA. Still with these strikeouts, though, 140 strikeouts and only 33 walks and 104 and one-third innings pitched. During the season, he appeared in the All-Star Futures game for the first time, and he was named the Cardinals Minor League Pitcher of the Year after that season. He begins the 2011 season with the Palm Beach Cardinals of Class AA-Advanced Florida State League, and he was named the Cardinals Pitcher of the Month for May of 2011 after posting a 2.32 ERA, and from there he gets promoted up to AA with the Springfield Cardinals at the beginning of June. At the time of his promotion, he led his previous league with 81 strikeouts, and he was considered the best pitching prospect in baseball per Keith Law of ESPN.com. So along with Carlos Martinez, who was another promising pitcher for the Cardinals at the time, Miller represented the Cardinals at the 2011 All-Star Futures game once again. Oh. He made the Baseball America's Top Prospect list in 2011, and the Cardinals named Shelby Miller their minor league pitcher of the month for June 2011. He pitched to a 9-3 win-loss record. He had a 2.7 ERA and 89 strikeouts in 86 and two-thirds innings pitched with double A. He totaled 25 starts in Palm Beach and Springfield together. So he completed 139 and a half innings and allowed a 2.7 ERA, 112 hits, 53 walks, and striking out 170 batters for an average of 11 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. I don't know. Is that is that good? I don't know ball. Is that is that good? Well, the Cardinals must not know because they were like, actually, I should call this segment like when, uh, uh, you know, the tale of yore when the Cardinals had swing and miss stuff and they traded <laughs> him away. But 
yeah, these, these were the days. Uh, after the season, Baseball America rated his fastball as the best in the Cardinals system and named him a starting pitcher on the 2011 minor league all-star team. Ooh. He was named again the Cardinals minor league pitcher of the year that season. He, so he enters the 2012 season ranked as the fifth best prospect in baseball by MLB.com. He competes for a spot on the Cardinals roster, but he begins the 2012 season with the Memphis Redbirds in AAA. He struggled at the beginning of 2012. His ERA was actually above six through the beginning of July, but he pitched to an ERA below three for the remainder of the minor league season. Sounds like he kind of settled in, made those adjustments, and is still recording strikeouts like crazy, 160 strikeouts for the Redbirds in 137 innings pitched. Sounds like it might be time for him to hit the major leagues. So he makes his MLB debut on September 5th of 2012 against the New York Mets as a relief pitcher, even though he has been primarily a starter through the minors. He threw two shutout innings, gave up one hit, walking none, and striking out four. He was amidst the Cardinals competition for a, a playoff spot at this point. So he did make his first major or he did get his first major league win as a reliever in an extra extra inning game versus the Los Angeles Dodgers on September 16th and helped the Cardinals in that uh, back back half of the season stretch in 2012. He started his first major league game on October 3rd against the Cincinnati Reds once the Cardinals had clinched a playoff spot. They were trying to give some other guys some rest, but he pitched six shutout innings, allowed only one hit and struck out seven. And then he ends up appearing twice in relief for the Cardinals, making his postseason debut in the 2012 National League Championship Series. For this season, he completed 153 and two-thirds innings combined in the Major League regular season, postseason, and minor leagues. So he's racking up those innings, too, and showing that he can hang tough year over year. Here's another thing I know you're going to like about Shelby Miller. He made the Cardinals opening day starting rotation for the 2013 season after a spring training competition with Joe Kelly. He beat out Joe Kelly for the final yes. spot in the rotation. Good. Yes. Good job, Shelby Miller. Good job. We love that. Yeah. He threw his first career shutout in a 3-0 win over the Colorado Rockies in May of 2013. And in fact, oh, I can't, I still cannot believe this for Shelby Miller. It was almost a perfect game. He allowed a bloop single to Eric Young Jr. to begin the game, to like lead off the game. Oh. Other than that, he pitched the equivalent of a perfect game by retiring the next 27 batters in a row. Dang. 113 pitches, oh, 84 of them for strikes. He walked none, struck out 13. Wow. A hit. Was that between him wow. and a no-hitter and a perfect game? Insane. That sucks. But he ends his rookie season with 15 wins, tied for sixth in the league, and his 3.06 ERA was 10th in the National League. After the season, Baseball America named Shelby Miller to their all-rookie team as a starting pitcher, and he actually finished third for NL Rookie of the Year voting in 2013. He had some struggles with walks, command, mechanical inconsistencies, and uh, I think I've got something a little bit later on about his pitching style. So you'll see where that becomes pretty problematic for his style of pitching specifically. But first couple of months of the 2014 season, he adds a sinker into his repertoire with the help of Justin Ma 
Masterson. And he kind of made a comeback when this started against the Toronto Blue Jays in another complete game shutout. So that was his first of the season, second of his career for a complete game shutout. He takes a no-hitter into the sixth inning, faced 30 total batters by striking out five, and is like back in the zone by middle of the season there. He finished the season with a 3.74 ERA in 31 games started. He pitched game four of the 2004 NLDS, which the Cardinals won, and game four of the 2014 NLCS, where he came out in the fourth inning and kind of starts to lose that command again. This is where I don't know if the Cardinals were like, well, if he can't handle the postseason, then maybe let's trade him away. Who needs pitchers who can strike guys out anyway? So on November 17th of 2014, the Cardinals traded Shelby Miller, along with another prospect, to the Atlanta Braves in exchange for Jason Hayward and a relief pitcher, Jordan Walden. On May 5th, 2015, Miller threw a complete game shutout in just 99 pitches for the Braves wow. against the Philadelphia Phillies. And two starts later, here he is again, one out away from throwing a no-hitter against the Miami Marlins at Marlins Park when the pitch hitter, Justin Bohr, singled to break up his no-hit bid. Wow. Killer. So he ends up settling for a two-hit shutout, beats the Marlins 6-0, to and he is selected for the All-Star Game via the uh, voting ballot. And his ERA at the break was 2.7, which was the third lowest in all of baseball. Yeah. But here's here's what you're – so you're like, how have I not heard of this guy, right? Yeah, because he's still playing. Right. Here's where it starts to get a little iffy. The two-hitter against the Marlins there would be his last win until his final start of the season on October 4th where he pitched eight innings in a shutout effort against his former team, the Cardinals. He actually set a new franchise record for the Atlanta Braves of a winless streak of 24. He had 24 starts without a win. Ooh. The worst part of this is, I, I don't know if it's the worst part, is it, he pitched relatively well. 14 of these 24 starts were quality starts. His ERA was 3.83, and... He ha he did have a really bad month in September, 7.11 ERA. So that's where like the ERA right. looks a little iffy. But his run support was 2.3 runs per nine innings, ranking him third on the list of worst run support compiled since 1957. What? They were like, everyone's like, guys, uh, Shelby's Shelby's pitching today. We 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 don't have to show up to the park today. Don't worry. Don't worry, we don't, we don't have to it play. It is, like, mind-boggling to me. There always seems to be those guys where you're like, why? Yeah. What is it? But, you know, he finished the season with 2.6 runs of support per nine innings, a 6 point or a six six and 17 record, 3.02 ERA on 173 strikeouts. A run support average of 2.38 overall, which was ranked 10th worst in Major League Baseball history. Rough, rough. And I mean, from there, I feel like it just kind of, you know, he didn't feel like anyone was invested in him. I don't know what it was, but here's where he gets traded to the Diamondbacks. On December 9th, 2015, ESPN reports that the Braves traded Shelby Miller to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for Dansby Swanson and others. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately for Miller and the D-backs, this is one of those trades that 
has a pretty clear winner. We can we can say it worked out at least in the immediate for one team much better than the other. So following the trade, Miller agreed to a contract worth $4.35 million with the D-backs. And it's interesting to note that the former Cardinals manager, Tony La Russa, is now the president of baseball operations for the Diamondbacks at this time. Fun fact, at least for me. I was not aware of that. Interesting. <laughs> Before the 2016 season began, Miller was projected to follow the Diamondbacks ace at the time, Zach Grinke, in the rotation. He really struggled at the beginning of the season. He was put on the injured list on May 24th due to a sprained index finger. He comes back in the middle of June, but ultimately he pitches to a 2-9 and nine record, 7.14 ERA through the All-Star break. And the Diamondbacks are like, you got to go to Reno. You got to go play for AAA. Got to send you to the Reno Aces. He was recalled at the towards the end of the season, August 31st, to start against the Giants. And he finishes the season with a 3-12 record, 6.15 ERA, pitches 101 innings and 20 starts. And the writing, the writing is on the wall here, right? Like something is right. off with Shelby Miller. So it's the beginning of the 2017 season, and Shelby Miller he needs Tommy John that's it's probably been wearing on him for a while now considering right. the track record the the quick downfall that we saw here so he comes back in mid-June of 2018 for just four starts before he's back on the injured list after being out for you know over a year with Tommy right. John with right elbow inflammation for the rest of the season yeah. and timing is really not not a friend to Shelby Miller because he had such great promise such an exciting start and these, this is like such a great example of how these injuries can really take guys on such a sharp left turn. And one of the biggest reasons that I'm talking about him today is that he has really fought and clawed his way back. And I'm excited and interested to see where he is he able to kind of recreate himself as a reliever here because he ends up being non-tendered at the end of the season by the Diamondbacks. He becomes a free agent. And I'm just going to rip through here really quick of these rotating releases, as I would like to call them, because Shelby Miller has been with a number of other teams, but it's not really anything to note. Uh, January of 2019, he joins the Texas Rangers on a one-year contract. On July 1st, he is DFA'd and ultimately released after posting a 1-3 in record with an 8.59 ERA in 44. Yeah, yeah, and that's like a decent enough amount of innings where you're like, yeah, what? Um, he signed a minor league deal with the Brewers at the end of 2019, in which he ultimately opted out of and was released. Then he re-signs with the Brewers on a minor league deal in 2020, but nope, just kidding, opts out of that season because of the pandemic. So he was on the Brewers, but not really. Interesting. January of 2021, signs a minor league deal with the Chicago Cubs. He was added to the major league roster on April 14th. And by May 26th, he was DFA'd by Chicago after posting a 31.5 ERA <laughs> three appearances. I, I don't think that I don't think your ERA is supposed to be that high. <laughs> this is just I mean, three appearances, right? He probably had like seven innings or something, if that, but it it is just such crazy perspective to think this is once the guy who had like the third best ERA in all of baseball. Right. So on one more organization, well, two more before we get to the Tigers. On June 26, 2021, he signs a minor league contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
That was the one team that I had, I had not connected to him at all. He made 10 appearances for the AAA Indianapolis Indians going two and one with a 3.86 ERA and 22 strikeouts. In September, he does get selected by the Pirates when the roster's expanded. I don't think he ever actually made an appearance with the Pirates, though, because mm. no numbers, no numbers there. So I guess he just got to be on the roster. He's a he's a ghost roster person for the, the Pirates. <laughs> on June 8th of 2022, the San Francisco Giants signed him to a minor league contract. He was assigned to Triple A, which is the Sacramento River Cats. Another fun team name. And on September 22nd, he had his contract selected to the major league roster. So he gets back to the majors at the end of the 2022 season. And here's something good. Maybe we're turning a corner for Shelby. On September of uh, 29th of 2022, he became the first pitcher in the modern era to have back-to-back -back outings with five or more strikeouts in less than three innings with no walks or runs allowed. That is a very specific, mm. like classic baseball stat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, well, of course no one else has done that, but that's still yeah. on his swing and miss his strikeout game. He pitched uh, just seven innings of relief with the big league team in that 2022 season, but he made him count. So December of 2022, he gets that big league contract, signs a $1.5 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers and on April 25th of 2023, he recorded his first career save. We're going to use him a little bit differently here against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. He was ultimately placed on the injured list for a lot of the rest of the season with the Dodgers. And overall, he pitched just 36 games with a 3-0 record, 1.71 ERA. So even though he was out for a good portion, basically all of like June and July, he might have some of that sweet stuff back. Maybe he's feeling a little healthier overall by mm -hmm. the end of the season. The, De the Detroit Tigers sure think so because on December 22nd of 2023, Shelby Miller signed a one year, $3 million contract with the Detroit Tigers that also includes a $4.25 million club option for the following season. Here's where it's interesting to know about his pitches. Most starting pitchers utilize fastball, changeup, and a breaking ball like a slider or a curveball, but Miller throws a fastball and a curveball over 98% of the time. His fastball oh. averages about 94 miles per hour, while his curveball averages 79 miles per hour, which just screams, I was developed by the Cardinals pitching <laughs> uh, to me. But can Shelby Miller find his renaissance as a reliever? is is the question that I'm here to ask. And just fun kind of facts about Shelby Miller off the field. He has three sisters. His stepdad is a member of the Bronwood Fire Department in Bronwood, oh. Texas. And his grandfather was a decorated Army veteran who was a really big supporter of Shelby's baseball career. He got married uh, just, I guess, a little over a year ago, November 11th of 2022 in Cabo. Love Ooh. it. Good choice. Shelby Miller, I'm I'm looking for a comeback. Are you into it? I'm into it. Let's let's see if Shelby if, let's see if Shelby can do it. Now, I I was not aware that Shelby Miller was ever a cardinal. Like again, in my head, Shelby Miller I think Shelby Miller ended up on my radar I think the Giants. Yeah, and I mean the he was up and down all over the place. I you you wouldn't when... have really heard of him anywhere else. Yeah. Well, literally the only reason that, that 
he like sticks in my head is because he had the same name as my old co-host Shelby yeah. Miller. And that's literally the only reason. Like cuz you know, don't you got to be really in the game of baseball when you know the relief like the middle inning relievers yes. for other teams. Like that's that's when you know that, <laughs> that you were a a baseball fan. That's like, really true. I interviewed a Cleveland Guardians fan earlier for I'm I'm going through like all the teams on uh-huh. Peace Love and Baseball and highlighting fans and writers of the teams. And she, she she was like, I met my favorite player at Fan Fest. And I was like, Oh, who's your favorite player? And I literally can't remember his name because it was a and she was like, I think it was Eli Morgan or something like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. She, uh-huh. she was like, Yeah, he's a relief pitcher. And I was like, Oh man, you are. You're my kind of fan. Okay. <laughs> You're yeah. serious. James, James Karen check. Here we come. Like <laughs> um, that that's so funny. Yeah. Like, but yeah, as really a Cardinals did- fan, I was like, where is where has Shelby Miller been? So it was really kind of sad slash interesting for me to to find out. That's I mean, but he's had a he's had a pretty long career though. I mean, like that's well, and he yeah, he's worked through some shit. So the fact that he's stuck with it and is, I mean, he's never been without a contract season yeah. over season, even if it's a minor league contract. So good for him. Way to stick with it. Good on you, Shelby Miller. We love that. So good luck on the. Good luck Detroit in 2024. Yeah. We're rooting and for you. Like I said, I really wish that all of the fucking reagents would sign so that we can go through all the fucking t- like i because i sneakily think the Detroit tigers may actually be good this season so i'm like can we can we get everybody signed can we can we get roster set because pitchers and catchers report in less than a fucking month here people like let's time let's go let's go anyways um san diego padres are the team that i'm going with and again if you are a follower on Twitter or Instagram, you will have seen that the show keeps getting posted uh, as, you know, one of the podcasts that are listened to in Korea and Japan and now apparently Spain. I don't I don't know where you're coming from, new listeners, but we love you and thank you so much. So was I going to pander to all of my Korean listeners? Absolutely. So Hassan Kim, come on down. Um, honestly, I think even if you, you know, if even if we weren't trending and uh, you know, having Korean listeners, I'd probably pick Hassan Kim anyways, just because, you know, Koreans are far and few between as, you know, professional athletes in the United States system. So um Hassan Kim, you may you guys may know him um as the utility infielder for the San Diego Padres. He is a 28-year-old born on October 17th, 1995. And I was like, oh my God, oh, that's my wedding oh. anniversary. Is that's it? Okay. Yeah. But not in 1995. That's, that's no. I was like six then. You're a baby. Everybody's a baby. Lord. Anyway, not to take so, away from Hassan Kim. Continue. Hassan Kim youngest of three children and he was uh officially drafted by the nexon heroes um you know and they got changed to the keywom heroes uh the 41st overall pick in 2014 in the kbo 
And in 2016, he played all 144 games of the regular season. So apparently, you know, I wasn't aware. I knew that the sh- that they had fewer games, but I didn't know the exact number. Now I do, 144. And in that 2016 regular season, he had a 281 batting average with 20 home runs and 84 RBIs and 28 stolen bases. Nice. And um, that would mean that he was voted an all-star for the second time in um, the KBO as the starting shortstop. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, most Asian guys, SML. A little bit smaller on the small side. He's 5'9". That's what he's listed as. And mm. I'm all, I don't trust that. I don't trust that at all. So I think he's like 5'7". He's 5'7". <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. Besties with the now-signed Jung Hoo Lee, center fielder for the San Francisco Giants. So I can't wait for all of that content. But on September 20th, 2016, he hit his 20th home run via the Kia Tigers. And that means that he was the third shortstop in KBO history to record 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Nice. I was like, I was like look at you, Hassan Kim. Go for it. Uh, so in 2018 and 20, 20, through 2018 and 2020, 2018 through 2020, there we go. Words are hard. Uh, he earned the gold glove consecutive years. I was like, okay, so not only, um, you know, can you hit a little bit, you're also a badass defender. Look at you. Love that for you. We'll take that uh, De- stop any day. Exactly. Uh, December 31st, 2020, he signed a four-year, $28 million deal uh, with the aforementioned San Diego Padres. And... Uh, has and he had a mutual option for 2025. He made his MLB debut April 11th, 21, and he hit his first home run against the Rangers. Love that. Uh, April 10th of 2021. Um, with the with you know Fernando Tatis Jr., known shortstop for the San Diego Padres, going on the IL, he had increased playing time everyone you know i remember like when that actually when fernando tatis jr actually went down literally all the like the potter fans were screaming on the timeline saying oh my gosh like who's gonna be your shortstop like sky was falling the sky was falling yeah and then hassan kim was like i'm i'm right here i'm right here i I, I got it don't don't worry about it i I can do it and in uh, august 1st he hit his first home run or hit a home run and his first three RBI game. I was like, oh, all right, love that. Uh, he finished 2021 batting 202 with eight home runs, 34 RBIs, and six stolen bases in 117 games. August 26th of 2022, he had his first career high five RBIs versus the Royals. Mm. Okay. So he ended up finishing that season with a 251 batting average, 11 home runs, 59 RBIs. I think that's a nine. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> uh, 12 stolen bases and a 708 uh, on base percentage in 150 games. Nice. So uh, it took it took Hassan Kim a little time to acclimate to big league pitching, and that's kind of word on the street for all of the 
players that come over for, from the KBO is mm-hmm. how long will it take them to acclimate to velocity, essentially. Okay, yeah. And so um, the rumor, quote unquote, is that he was had been working with Jung Hoo Lee to try to acclimate Jung Hoo Lee a little bit. Okay. Quicker. And I was like, oh, okay. It, I sure, like I, that, I was like, I love that. But d- does anyone else see the problem? Because he's signed with the Giants? No? Okay. I'm like, it's the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that was, I think I read a couple of different tweets on, on that about, um, that was one of the reasons why the Giants were excited about him. Because that he had talked to Hassan Kim and gotten the pointers and was, you know, was helping him with the transition. And I was like, Bomel was all over that. I was like, I love you. I absolutely love it. Um, If you guys don't watch any Padres games, I need you guys to understand that Hassan Kim is like beloved, beloved. And literally every at bat, fans are cheering his name. Like you will hear. Ha Sung Kim. Ha Sung. Like every at bat and every every time I watch it, like it's sw- like swells my heart with pride a little. Yeah. <laughs> There's my Korean player. It country pride, guys. Country pride. I'm very, very excited about this. Um, and then as I was doing the research on Ha Sung Kim, I was like, what can I find? Because he's not he's not very active on social media or anything like that. And um, a couple of the articles that I did find were athletic articles and I do not subscribe to the athletic, oh, so I cannot read those. No, I do. Um, Ask me oh, when you need them. Okay. All right, I will. I will put that in my notes. So that next time I'll, I'll be like, here we go, Kels. Um, But apparently, uh, apparently, um, Hassan Kim trilingual, trilingual. Of course. Uh huh. Yeah, because of course he knows more Spanish than English, and does all his shit talking in Spanish. <laughs> I love. Oh my god, I love that. And you know yeah. the Padres clubhouse fucking loves that. Yes. And so wow. I'm like I I'm like I need I'm I need video evidence of this. Like I need I need to hear Hassan Kim speaking <laughs> yeah. Spanish. Like I like I need to breathe. That's how badly I need to hear this. So if any of you know of any like TikTok videos or any like I don't know secret interviews that he had done I need to. I need to hear House on Kim. Padres Media. If you're listening, this is your goal. Yeah. This is your mission. Please. You should choose to accept it. Yeah. So Padres fans, if you are, if you know, uh, please put it in the comments. DM me a link. Tweet at me. Do anything because I need to. I need to know this. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm super excited to see where where House on Kim like ends up because, like I said, he has been beloved on the Padres. Uh, won the Util Gold Glove this past past season play second base, play shortstop, really high level. And he has been rumored as trade bait for various things for the Padres. And I'm like, you cannot get rid of, you cannot get rid of Hassan Kim. Like he, and one of the articles that I was able to like read the snippet of, he apparently is the glue. Like he is the glue in the clubhouse. Like that. he is that, and I was like, I love Hassan Kim. He's a really good um, call out because they have so many massive superstars on mm-hmm. that roster right now, yep. and but he is such an integral part, especially over the past couple seasons when shit hit the fan with some of those biggest stars, and yep. he just was 
ugh, it's, he's one of those guys just like Tommy Edmond that I'm just like, we do mm-hmm. not appreciate them enough. Yeah, I was like, I need everyone to give Hassan Kim some love because, like, literally, and then when, you know, Fernando Tatis and the whole steroid thing and suspension, Hassan Kim filled in admirably. Admirably. Yeah. And then, you know, and then when he was coming back, they're like, was well, is, is Fernando Tatis Jr. going to be the shortstop again? Or, you know, there was, like, that whole drama, and then they're like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to put him back in right field, and you know, and Hassan Kim has been there. And so um, I selfishly was like, can we trade for Hassan Kim? Like, I don't, I don't know where he would go. I don't know where he'd go, but I want him. I want. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you make, you make a spot for Mm -hmm. if it Mm -hmm. makes any kind of sense. Because who can't use a player like that? The Cardinals have two players like that. And I, everyone was talking about how one, one or the other had to go, but no, there's, there's so many different ways to use them and you can you cannot have enough players like that in my yeah. opinion so you hold on to them when you find them well apparently we have the we have the astros have the poor man hassan cam we have mauricio dubon oh yes <laughs> like, well i'm like i love i love he's younger I too do. right yeah yeah but i'm like but i want hassan cam i'm just saying like we don't have any asians on our team ever like i think the last one we had was before baseball Susie. Ugh. And so I need I need one on the team. I need one on the team. So That's it was fair. um Hank Conger was our was our like one Asian Korean guy that we had on the team. And I was like it's been I while. need one now. Yeah. So anyways, um, so there's your 40 man fine. There so hopefully you guys found, you know, that little segment about Shelby Miller, Hassan Kim, interesting. Next week, um, we will be doing Cincy, and I don't know the AL. Don't know that one. That's okay. I don't know either. Okay. I'll okay. let you know. <laughs> this is the this is the professional podcasting that you guys pay for. So we're going to jump into hot stove headlines. It's not so hot stove because we hadn't had that many moves, but we're going to talk about them. I know you're very excited about this first one, though, Kels. I am. Uh, this is actually, this is now a John Brevia podcast. I <laughs> don't. I don't know that we're going to talk about much else from here on out because I'm about to make Susie a John Brevia stand. Okay. Little- I, I will tell you that I on honestly, I don't have a fucking clue who this guy is. Oh like, my God. Not a clue. Okay. Well, there's not nearly enough time, even if this entire episode was exclusively about John Brevia for me to tell you all of the different weird, wonderful reasons that you should love him. But First and foremost, he is just, he is a character. Like there's so much random social media content around John Brebbia. He is every media personnel's dream because he will give you the most ridiculous sound bites. He's down to like film the silliest content I shared on Twitter with you earlier of spring training of, oh man, I think it was like 2016 or something with the Cardinals. 2019. 19 maybe okay yes i guess it was a little more recently when we had like platinum blonde yachty and he is it's valentine's day and everyone is just reported to spring training and he's handing out roses to his teammates he goes out and hands out roses to some fans and he just has like the most dry but somehow also sincere sense of humor and anyway the video clip that i shared with you 
2019. So the video clip I shared with you, he's handing, he hands four roses to Yachty, Yachty Molina for number four. And then he's like, now I got to go find Adam Wainwright and hand him about 50 of these. So, you know, Adam Wainwright, <laughs> 50. So that's just like, that was just one example that I was able to find pretty quickly of like typical John Brebbia content. But here is the thing that is going to sell you Susie on John Brebbia for life. John Brebbia was drafted by the New York Yankees in 2011 he was released by the New York Yankees in two, December of 2013. Uh, he just, you know, made some brief appearances throughout their minor league system. He was released by them, and then he goes to play in the Independent Professional Baseball League, where he starts a tradition that he carries on to this day. He felt so stifled by the Yank by having to shave because of the Yankees <laughs> that now he shaves at the, one time a year at the first day of the off season, he shaves and uh, he shows up relatively clean shaven at spring training. And by the end of the season, he has like the biggest, thickest, craziest beard ever that like he only trims just a little bit, he says, around his mouth so that he can eat more comfortably. So this is hilarious for a number of reasons. None other than he always has like a headshot, you know, his headshot that is uh -huh. taken is clean shaven like baby face John Brebbia and then by the the end of the season he looks completely unrecognizable on the field that you're like that's so the guy but there's this article that the um I think a Giants writer did where they interviewed him about it and he specifically says independent baseball was the first time I had fun playing again since I had been drafted so he's like throwing <laughs> major shade at the Yankees without being a dick about it it's amazing. He says it wasn't political. It was purely a bunch of people that loved the game that wanted to play and wanted to get back to affiliated ball. I just started doing it there. And when I got signed out of indie ball, I was like, I'm going to keep this going. It's a nice reminder of having fun because, you know, that's kind of the point. The money is really cool, <laughs> but it's also great to love your job and enjoy doing it. So I think John Brebbia just stepped up as the full-on anti-Yankee. And the fact that he is still doing it, 2013, over 10 years later, this is going to be his 11th season going in to, to doing this, you know, clean shaven once a year, letting the beard grow like crazy. And this year he's so going to be doing funny. it at guaranteed rate with the Chicago White Sox. They have signed John Brebbia to a one-year contract, $5.5 of guaranteed money. And I'm, I couldn't be happier because I'm here in Chicago and I, I get to see my guy, John Brebbia again. That That's hysterical. Well, I mean, if he's as good of a guy as you say he is, like... He's the best. Chica Chicago White Sox vibes rebuild because... He, exactly. He I mean, you got like... That. You got Paul DeJong, DeJong, DeYoung, you got, you got Maldi in there, like... Brett Phillips, I know he's on a minor league deal, but still all the vibes Jake Wood all the vibes building it from within Joey Votto top it off let's go let's go Joey Votto I would love that anyways um yeah so he gets a four million dollar base salary for 2024 with a mutual option of six million dollars and my screen went out so I can no longer read this uh take it away Kels yeah mutual option of six million in 2025 that would include a 1.5 million dollar buyout so up to 1 million million in incentives are also available when he hits a 45 appearance threshold, he has also been one of the relievers to make the most appearances year over year too. He's so he's a super solid guy. I think it was in 
2022, he led the league in relief appearances with 76. So he is, he's going to get out there and do it for you. He has been used as an, I mean, if you're pitching for the giants, you're down to clown. You're going to do whatever they want you to do. So he was an opener. He was a middle reliever setup man posted at 3.83 ERA over 134 appearances and 124 and two thirds innings. 6.7 walk rate and a 23% K rate. So he's always got, I believe his like uh, strikeout to walk ratio is three to one. So, and that's very consistent as well for him. So I'm guessing he's going to be used the same way in Chicago. You think? I think so. Yeah. So they, they were thinking that they weren't, he wasn't going to be kind of penned into that setup man role um, strictly as a setup man, um, you know, kind of in the same, like, vein of like Reynaldo Lopez or just gonna, oh, sure. gonna yeah. see what they've got, you know, they're so hopefully John Brebbia can kick it up and Chicago White Sox will have all of the vibes. We'll have all of the vibes this next season. Yeah, White Let's Sox, go. you can get him to do some commercials or something. Like he's your guy. That would be hysterical. I would love that. So um also can I, I can I make a confession? Yeah. Another my last confession about John Brebbia is I love being here with you, but my dream is to host a baseball show with John Brevia. That is my life goal. It used to be with Mama Rose and Gypsy, but right now, if I had the opportunity to play Mama Rose and Gypsy, or I got the opportunity to host a baseball show with John Brevia, I would have a really hard time choosing. And that says a lot if you know anything about me. So, okay. Well, I won't hold that against you. I won't hold hold that against you, Kelsey, that you want to host another baseball show with somebody else because. From all of the things that you're telling me about John Brebbia, I think that um, he would be the only person that I I would give my blessing on and be like, okay, Kels. Like, you get it. I hold no ill will. Go do the things because I won't hold it um, against you, you know. But now I'm sure like, he's got at least a few more years of solid playing time. But once you're done, it's all about the fun. John Brebbia, I'm here for you. Okay. So really what you're telling me is that like Adam Wainwright getting a contract um, as a Fox broadcaster, like you need, we need to roll that over into having some sort of baseball show like Kelsey, John Brebria and Wayno. And then it would be the best vibes baseball podcast ever. Yeah. We probably would need some Adam Wainwright, like dad energy to keep us in check. So that's, that's actually a really good assessment. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, goals, you know, we're going to, we're going to put that out there and we put that out there into the universe now. So we're going to speak you. it into existence, people speak it into existence. Um, if we, I mean, if we're speaking things into existence, Kevin Kierma, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we did already put that out there too. So you never know. <laughs> right. My husband's like, I'm, I'm right here. Susie. I'm like, yeah. But have you seen Kevin Kiermaier baseball pants? Like, I'm just saying, um, but no, so, um, we're going to well, move the, on. Yeah. The angels did something. The angels did something like they, they didn't sign Tim Anderson. Like I keep thinking <sighs> they're going to do not yet. That's, um, I'm going to put that out there. Tim Anderson as shortstop, even second base, even second the guys base. on foul territory. We're talking about that all week this week, Tim Anderson to yep. the angels. They were saying all of the same things we've been saying for the last two months. We're going to, so, you know, I mean, our new bestie, Scott Braun, obviously listens to the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever could have had the same idea as us. No. Tim Anderson yeah. to the angels. Anyway, it just makes too much sense. It does. It does. 
Yep. Uh, the, Ron Washington over there. I'm just saying, like, that's it's a, it's a thing, guys. Anyways, but um, Artie Moreno was like, you know what? We got to do we got to do a thing. We got to do a thing because we no longer have Shohei Otani. So they sign Robert Stevenson uh, for three years, three, $33 million with an option for 2027. Now, if you don't know Robert Stevenson, you may well you may have heard Robert Stevenson's name because you know that that Ray's Arm Factory that's that yeah. they got going on over there. They they worked their magic. They worked their magic, and before Robert Stevenson got there, he was uh it wasn't so great. He wasn't so great, but afterwards the Rays are like, let's fix the things. Okay, we got it. And in thirty eight and a third innings, he had a two point three five ERA with um a ridiculous. 42.9% of hitters that he would strike out. That's sick. I was like, I had to read it again to make sure that I was reading it properly. I was like, wait, what? And he walked less than 6% of, of the of the guys. Among relievers with 30 plus innings after June 1st, only Felix Bautista, Aurora Chapman, and Pete Fairbanks punched out hitters at a higher rate. Yeah, so if you like guys might have heard of. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, you know, good list to, to be included in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um it but like I said, it, it is a little bit um well it'll be interesting to see if Robert Stevenson can keep keep up that pace not on the race. Um because before he got there, it was up and down. It wasn't it wasn't great. So Angel fans, if you are listening, watching, let me know how you feel about this. Yeah, nice. I would be interested to hear because to me it's uh, a bit of I mean I it seems like a classic Artie Moreno overpay, but yeah, else? it's <clears throat> unfortunate. I say unfortunately, looking at the other deals, kind of in line and in vain with the innings numbers that he's been putting up. Um, Rafael Montero, Tyler Rogers. Taylor Rogers, one of the Rogers brothers, <laughs> got kind of a similar deal. Okay. So again, it's kind of in that same threshold of numbers and years and whatnot. So, but yeah, it, it's interesting to see, you know, that for half a season, essentially, like he turned it around and he got right. he got paid. So, like, good on you, Robert Stevenson. Hopefully, hopefully, you can maintain that. Um. For the angels, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but let's let's go back to let's go back to the Cardinals, Kels, because this is now a Astros Cardinals <laughs> podcast. Um, who who did the Cardinals bring back for all the vibes? Well, the biggest signing, the biggest free agent signing of the week was none other than Matt Carpenter, who you might say didn't he get traded from the Padres? to the Braves and then he got released by the Braves because they're going to pay him like whatever amount of his salary they took off from the Padres just to like, I don't know, acquire someone else and get rid of him and send who knows off to Alex Anthopoulos Island. Yes, that all that absolutely all did happen. But the St. Louis Cardinals said, Maddie Carp, you're 38 years old. And our fans, you know what they love more than a World Series ring? They love paying to see old players finish strong with their team. Matty Carp, we're going to pay you league minimum, and we are going to make so much money off of the Matty Carp bobbleheads and the announcing Matt Carpenter again at opening day. Surefire sellout. Oh, they are going to make 
make so much more than $740,000 off of signing Matt Carpenter. So Cardinals fans, I know you might hate it. I know you might say he's holding a roster spot for what another solid relief pitcher or everyone's worried he's taking Alec Burleson's spot on the roster. But I say to you, it's good business and it, you know what? He is going to be a leader, a good voice in the clubhouse. You can't argue with that. And if that's what the Cardinals deem appropriate and important, I'm I'm going to fall for it every time. Take my money, John Mozeliak. I will be there to see Matty Carp. <laughs> um, I'm like being yeah. exploited. I know it. I and I'm here for it. So this, so this is Stockholm syndrome. Is is what you're telling it me? Is, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, it oh. is uh, not healthy. That that is for sure. Uh, brainwashing, and- classic conditioning perhaps even franchise Stockholm syndrome. I cannot help so, it, but damn it, DeWitts, take my money. Well, and you know, and I'll ask, I'll ask you here what I asked on, on social media. Um, but, but what position will he play? Oh, like- okay. I, you know, I have to quote one of my favorite Cardinals writers here. Actually, I can't take credit for this because that is a very good question. And there's really Brendan Schaefer Uh, answered this perfectly. He's a Cardinals writer for KMOV. Matt Carpenter is bench and veteran leadership with possible side effects of Cardinals devil magic. That is his his official title and role uh, for 2024. Love that. I love that. You know what? Hey, what? I mean, there are worse ways to spend $750,000. Like way worse. That's what I'm okay. saying. It's really not. It's it is it has nothing to do with the money. If anything, like I could see Cardinals fans getting a little worked up again about the roster spot. But to that, I just say that he is not taking the spot of someone who's going to be a difference maker one way or another. And if for some reason that's really what it comes down to, then like they'll do what needs to be done. So just. Let millennial nostalgia continue to bankroll the Cardinals. Just <laughs> allow it, sit back and let it happen because it's happening oh, whether goodness. or not you like it. <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So um, vibes, vibes is essentially why yes. Carpenter got signed is, it is vibes. It is. And that you know? is the messaging from the front yeah. office, 100%. And if you listen to the episode of Peace, Love, and Baseball that I did in April of 2023, like two weeks into the season, I said, the vibes are off, vibes matter, culture matters, and John Mosellock listened. So really, you can blame me if you're that upset about it, Cardinals fans. I'm that's, right here. That's Love it. So yeah, um, I, I am trying to think because in my head, when I think of Matt Carpenter, I still think Matt Carpenter with the Ned Flanders mustache. Yes. With the Yankees. Yes. Oh and God. Like, have you seen? Like, um, have you seen when he was in Mexico City with the Padres? There is a it's a TikTok video. It's like a 10-second clip. It's what you're like, wait, you saw a TikTok video? Yes, this is how good it is. It's like one of the only TikTok videos I've ever seen. And it's of Matt Carpenter like dancing in a cowboy hat with his mustache in Mexico City. Have you seen it? No, I've not. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you. You can throw it in the show notes. Okay. It's amazing. 
But yes, okay. Matt Carpenter with the stash on the Yankees. Okay, so like I said, in, in my head, that's still what he has. And I was like, did he have that on the Padres? And I think he did. He did. So now I ask you, though, when he returns to St. Louis, will he forego the stash and bring back the bushy beard? You know, Susie with the hard-hitting questions here, that that is really it. I'm not sure there was a lot of great questions posed to him at the presser. I don't think that was one of them. So next time we got to get you in the room. Guys, this I these are the these are the questions that need answered. Like we don't care about what position he plays or how much money he gets. <laughs> I I don't care about any of that. I need it's to know the vibes. grooming habits of Matt <laughs> Oh, goodness. I love doing this show. This is awesome. <laughs> um, but you know, moving on to Another guy that may or may not have some facial hair, Blue Jay sign Yariel Rodriguez. Four years, $32 million. And there was a number of clubs in on Yariel Rodriguez, but apparently they were only in on him as a relief pitcher. And Blue Jay oh. said, guess what? We will stretch you out to be a starter if you come to the Blue Jays. And he said, done and done. So four years, $32 million. And you may remember... Yariel Rodriguez, his name kind of popped up as the Cuban pitcher that pitched for Team Cuba in World Baseball Classic and then defected. And then because he defected, he was playing for Japan, like on his like professional, but never went back to Japan. And the oh. the dragons were like, what the fuck, Yariel Rodriguez? You need to come back. Because we signed a contract with you, and he's oh, like, shit. "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just stay here. Oh, I'm gonna just stay here." And okay, so yeah, so he had to, so he had to sit out like the rest of the season. He had to sit out a season, and then um, the Dragons released him. And I kind of feel bad for the Dragons because normally, when you know they are able to post a player, mm -hmm. they get they get money in return, right? They get money in return. Yariel Rodriguez said, "Fuck you." I mean, just stay here. You get no money. They just had to release him. That's so, so weird. I wonder why he did yeah. that. Or I mean, it's so there's so many strange yeah. levels to. Well, how it works. there was some. There was some citizenship rigmarole going on um, with the whole. Now that he's signed with the Blue Jays, um, going from. Because I think he was in the Dominican. I think he was in the Dominican working out. So he has to do like this whole big where in the world is Yariel Rodriguez type of thing. Yeah. Going from like the Dominican to Japan to the United States to Canada type of thing. Oh, trying yeah, to figure out like. Not even signed in the States. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. So there's some sort of like citizenship thing that needs to be worked out as well. Mm -hmm. So. I don't have all of those details though, and I don't want to like kind of speak out of turn. Um, but when I when I get those, or if I get a clearer picture of those, I will let you guys know. Um, but yeah, so they're they're looking at him as a as a starter, and that that brings up questions of well, what the fuck is happening with Alec Manoa? Mm -hmm. So um, eventually, when all of the free agents sign. 
we will do some sort of episode where we talk about all of the teams. And I am very interested to talk about the Blue Jays. And yeah. that whole AL East thing. But I'm very interested to talk about this and to see like where everything at eventually lands. Um, because I have heard through the grapevine that Alec Manoa has been working out in the offseason. I guess he's shed some weight as well. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe got an attitude adjustment. So that's what I'm thinking. Did he shed his bad attitude? Yes. Yeah. That was more of the problem, so, I think. Yeah. So we should all see where Alec Manoa ends up. Like I secretly kind of love Alec Manoa because of all the shit talk that he originally did, but he like but he was able to back it up. Yeah. And especially because most of the shit talk happened against the Yankees. I loved <laughs> yeah. it. Um, you know, and but what really like what really solidified Alec Manoa in my heart as someone that I just I was like, I love him, um, was the all-star game in 23, I think. Nope. 22. 22. 22. Um, when he was like talking to John Smoltz, I think. I think John Smoltz was like in his ear and he's like, What should oh, I yeah. what should I throw right now? Like, and that that whole exchange, if you guys remember that. Yeah. I slider away. Oh, okay. Like, I just I loved it. And I, I felt like baseball kind of needed more of that, like that personality and that yeah. kind of uh, liveliness, I guess. Cause a lot of, I don't know, a lot of baseball players that are like out in the media and stuff are a little bit more, more buttoned up and a little bit more, I don't want to say professional, but a little bit more. Yeah. That's a good point. That's the fun, you know? And so I think, I, just, was gonna I, be, yeah. I think he was actually going to be a player ambassador or something for MLB network in 2023. And then it didn't end up playing out because he wasn't in the big leagues most of 2023, oh. which obviously was blindsiding for yeah. more than just MLB network. But yeah, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. You're right on. So hopefully, hopefully Alec Manoa has a bounce back. I, I really feel like he does. He will. And I think, I think the pitch clock kind of not did not help him. And hindered well, him. Just yeah, you never bit. know. Like Shelby Miller, so, case in point, you can be lights out, spot on one season, yeah. and then some little tiny thing gets out of whack. And yeah, there's just as much a shot that he's going to come back and be as successful as anyone. We shall see. So um, apparently, it's just it's all it's all the relief pitchers that are are getting signed because Mariner signed Austin both for one year, one point two five million dollars. Um, we shall see if the Mariners can can work some of their devil magic on on Austin Voth because he was released from the Orioles in September with a 5.919 ERA and 25 relief innings. So I mean not 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 great, not great numbers. Um, but you know, he he joins the pen there where I don't think he's going to be needed as much, yeah. I guess, if if I'm being really honest. So We'll see if um we we'll see if that happens, and um you know, but really, really the the big news, the big big news. Have the Astros done anything this off season, Susie? I've been begging. I've been begging for a juicy move. I've been begging for a juicy move, and I did not. I did not think that it was going to happen because we signed Victor Caratini, and I was like, love that. Okay, Dylan Coleman, come on down. wasn't going to spend money because Jim Crane is Jim Crane and never, never has spent money. And Jim Crane said, fuck y'all, all of y'all. <laughs> it's time. I hear you. It's time. It's time to bring him home. 
it is time to bring him home because Josh Hader to the motherfucking Astros. Five years. Five years, guys. Yeah, you heard that. You heard that. Five years. $95 million. And just saying that kind of hurts my soul just a little bit because now I'm like, well, <laughs> shit. You've given me hope, Jim Crane. You've given me hope. And that's that's the dangerous thing because when there's hope, there's going to be some fucking disappointment. <laughs> like, well, if you paid all that fucking money for Josh Hader, are you going to are you going to pay Kyle Tucker? Yeah, that's really the question. Are you going to pay Kyle Tucker? That's that's really that's what I'm setting myself up for heartbreak. But Josh Hader to the Astros and everyone's like, wait, you already have a closer. Absolutely, we do. We a good one too. One of like one of the one of the best ones, Ryan Presley. And it's really interesting to kind of dissect and and you know interject our our feelings about it and see what will actually play out because you know, like I said, this happened, this move happened Friday. FanFest for the Astros happened Saturday and Ryan Presley was going to be there at FanFest as one of the, one of the players that, you know, and um, was not one of the ones that was allowed to be interviewed, like was not on the list for press to uh, oh, wow. talk to. And oh, it is, it is a little interesting because normally he's not a guy to shy away from the, from the press. And when it all came down, apparently this this deal happened within like 72 hours because apparently Kendall Graveman, who we didn't see in the postseason, um, had some shoulder issues and then ended up needing shoulder surgery and will be out for this entire season. So our pen was already thin. Kendall Graveman was one of our more higher lever, higher level relief pitchers. And I guess they were like, okay, well, we can go get a decent relief pitcher. Or, you know, we could just go sign Josh Hader. What? Like, in no world, in no world, when those rumors were swirling on Twitter. Yeah. That, oh, Josh Hader's talking to the Astros. I'm like, no, the fuck he's not. No, the fuck he's not. Like, I honestly, I honestly thought that it was a rumor that was like let out yeah. to try and get more money from like the Rangers. I, sure. I thought yeah. the Rangers were going to sign him. And I was at a hair appointment when you texted me. <laughs> I was, I was, I was literally in mid conversation with somebody and I, and my phone, I had, I was like looking up something else on my phone. When I got your text message <laughs> and the lady I was talking to was in mid sentence <laughs> when I read your text message and, and could not stop myself from it literally yelling. Oh my fucking God. Are you serious right now? And I, and she's like, uh, what, what I don't did you? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that was so rude. I go, but I and she follows Astros, and I was like, Josh, I was like, the Astros just signed Josh Hader, and she goes, what? And I was like, uh huh, yeah, I I can't, 
I'm sorry. I can no longer concentrate on this conversation <laughs> that we're having. I, I must now go to Twitter and look at all of the things. Just, I'm so sorry. And she started laughing. She's like, that's okay. And it was time for her to, you know, get into the chair anyways. And so I was floored. <laughs> Absolutely floored. And I was like, did Jeff Hassan tweet it? Like, I had to go, like, make sure. Yeah. That's where I that, got it from. I should have, I should have shared that with you though. Yeah. I assumed that you had already seen it, but it, it, it no. I mean, I know I literally sent it to you like within seconds of it being posted. So I should have, I, yeah, no, <laughs> you're I, going to only associate getting texts with me as like being like very alarming things like Shohei Otani, the Dodgers <laughs> and Josh Peter to the Astros. So yeah, sorry about that. I hope every time my yeah. name pops up on your phone, you don't have a heart attack. That, no, that's okay. That's okay. Cause it, you know, cause it gives me news like this and I'm like, what? And so now, now our seven, eight, nine guys is fucking filthy because yes, we're talking about Ryan Presley and Josh Hader and Brian Abreu is like, I'm, I'm here too. I, I'm, I'm really good too. And non Astros fans kind of have seen Brian Abreu. Unfortunately, you guys may associate him with like, hitting Adolis Garcia, whatever. That's not him. Like, okay, that's not that guy. Like, I I need non-Astros fans to get it through their head that Brian Abreu is like a really good guy. And this is not, this is not who he is. And I will literally fight anyone that says that 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 he hit Adolis Garcia on purpose. I will literally fucking fight you. Okay. And I say that on the show a lot of times. But I actually mean it this time, okay? Like, <laughs> legitimately, will fight you if you if you come at me about Brian Abreu because I will I will throw I will throw hands for Brian Abreu. Like he and he is one of the most underrated badass motherfuckers that will ever throw a ball. And I kind of love that. Like, he was really good um, in 2018. Uh, excuse me, in 2019. And then COVID happened and that whole thing. And his 2020 season sucked. He was not that's he was not the same pitcher. And Stromy, like when we still had Brent Strom, like talked to him and was like, you need to get your shit together. And front office was was talk was talking about trading him. And Brent Strom was like, absolutely not. You're not allowed to just trade Brent like Brian Abreu. Like he went to he went to war for Brian Abreu and made like made front office not try not trade Brian Abreu so thank you Brent Strom for for going to bat for Brian Abreu because um because they were like look at his numbers like he like yeah you know the underlying stuff is is good you know blah 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 but like look at his and and Stromy was like absolutely not you will not touch Brian Abreu he's gonna get back and in the offseason um in in between 21 and 22 he like worked out got his mind right essentially because mm -hmm. he kind of had that attitude of like oh well i'm like i'm young and i throw fire like i throw gas i'm good i don't really have to work and then he that 2020 season happened he's like oh just kidding i could be expendable oh let me let me work hard and his whole mindset changed and he has been absolute fire for us in the back end of our bullpen. And honestly, before this whole Josh Hader thing, I was thinking that um, this is uh, this next season is Ryan Presley's last season with us, mm -hmm. like on his contract. 
And so I was thinking in my head that, all right, well, Brian Abreu will be our next closer because yeah, that's what I had thought too. You know, like that. And but now I'm like, well, just kidding. Brian Abreu is not going to. He's just going to be the most elite setup guy, fucking ever. But like now he's now he's pushed to the seventh inning because while we all love Ryan Presley, we did not pay $95 million for Josh Hader not to be the closer. Like, no. And it, and it kind of makes me sad. Like it, it kind of really makes me sad and like, kind of like hurt feelings for Ryan Presley. Cause Ryan yeah. Presley's like, what the fuck, bro? Do you, do you not see what the, what I've just done for the last four seasons? Um, Literally didn't give up like any postseason. Like, well, I'm so sorry, Ryan Presley, but apparently in the interviews that Dana Brown has said and Joe Espada has said that, you know, when this whole deal was coming together, Dana is like, yeah, I had to pick up the phone and, you know, I talked to Ryan about it and he is a consummate professional and he is like the leader of the clubhouse or he's like one of the leaders in the clubhouse. So we don't want to, you know, upset the apple cart essentially. Yeah. And he's, he said that, he and Joe Spada both said that he's all in and, you know, hater coming in, he knows is going to be good um, for the team, but he's still a human being. Like, you know, that that's got to sting just a little bit, you know, but I think he, I think press is, is that good of a teammate that he realizes like that. All right. You know, so I'm not the quote unquote closer. Doesn't really matter. Josh Hader coming in is going to be that much better for us. So if we if the Astros have a lead in the seventh, it's over for y'all, motherfuckers. Like, yeah, it is over. And I'm all, oh, it's so good. Like, I mean, unless Tommy Edmond is up to bat because he did walk off win against Josh Hader two games in a row. So I'm just I'm gonna throw that out there. But that's fine. I, that's fine. Tommy Edmond is Josh Hader's kryptonite. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean. It is it to me. It was like the ultimate show for of the Astros saying like we are all in on this and we're all in on it for 2024 and 2025. Yeah. Like yeah. we're not waiting. We're not gonna take chances. We're gonna go get another ring. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, all right. Like that's I, in in my head. I really really want to be. I really want them to have co-closers. I want I want Ryan Presley and Josh Hader to be co-closers. And like, I don't know, because really Ryan Presley is not great on the second night, back to back, back to back nights. Mm, yeah. He's not great. Especially if well, no, I take that back. I take it back. He is more nerve-wracking on the second night. Sure. Especially if on the first night he had had to pitch like more than 15 pitches. Mm-hmm. While he is still good the second night he is not locked down we know that we have this yeah and some astro fans will be like oh this is where ryan stressley comes in blah 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 yeah yeah guys like he has been so like he has been so so good for us and i really hope that joe espada will not be so like on the nope this these are my guys for the fifth and sixth inning these are my guys for the seventh eighth inning and this is my guy for the ninth yeah he doesn't seem I, like that kind of a manager that would be dusty baker yeah. yeah but 
and on the other side of the same token, like I'm so sick of hearing all this shit talk about Josh Hader, like not being willing to throw two innings or whatever. Like he only gets three outs. Listen, that's what he does. And he does it at the highest level. Like just let guys be good at doing what they do. If you are that elite at something, like why do you have to be good or contribute literally anything else? Like right. I don't care if he ever gets more than three outs. If he can get those last three outs when you need him to, he is worth it. Why? Yeah. I, I'm just like so sick of it. And I think by having the arsenal that they do in that bullpen it allows him, I'm sure that was super appealing to him to feel like yeah. I can just go here and they are going to use me to do what I do well and not try to ask me to be anything other than what I am, which is really fucking good at what I do. Yeah. Well, and so I'm like, you know, cause very, I, I think, I think Ryan Presley has been used for more than three outs twice. I think in the entire time that I have watched None of those kinds of pitchers are good yeah. at that. Ryan well, and said it too. I mean, like, I think really the only guy that I can think that has like wipeout stuff that does multi inning saves is like Emmanuel Classe. Like yeah. really and truly. Closer Maybe for the Devin for the Guardians here and there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but really truly like Ryan Presley, it's it's three outs, and that's that's really all Ryan Presley. And so I'm like, you know what? Like back to back nights, I would love it if like Ryan Presley didn't have to pitch back to back nights. If like one night Ryan Presley closed out a game, and then the next night Josh Hader closed out a game. Yeah. And then everyone gets like ample rest because you know Ryan Presley's like 34 years old. And then everyone is is better because everyone is more rest yep. well rested and not having to be overworked. Yep. Um, but the things that I'm reading, uh, Joe Joe Espada has been saying that you know he likes defined roles. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound great, but we'll see, we'll see. And he, he um, Espada didn't fully come out and say that you know that Josh Hader is the closer. Um, you know, he's like, you know, we're gonna get to spring training and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and blah blah blah, and we'll see. So, but again. Like the writing is on the wall, guys. Like again, we're not going to spend ninety-five million dollars on on an elite setup guy. We have Brian Abreu, but if the if the bullpen if the Astros bullpen lives up to what they can do stuff wise, our the Astros bullpen, and I say this with like no actual like shit talking behind it like actual facts the astros bullpen may be one of the fucking filthiest things in the entire league um you know so we have ronel blanco who has got some wipeout stuff that hasn't been given enough run we have forrest whitley who has been hurt for literal years and has not been able to show off what he's been doing and if that motherfucker can stay healthy Oof, watch out we have you know like i said we have dylan coleman who apparently has wipeout stuff that we got from the royals and i'm all who exactly you know like bennett Sousa has been really good um one of the questions that i had asked on twitter when this this all happened i was like our 40 man is full i'm like who gets dfa'd <laughs> like when josh Hader actually comes oh, yeah. on the roster, like, they, and they haven't <laughs> announced that yet right they have not they have not announced it yet 
my guess is probably Parker Machinsky. Okay. Um, well, we shall see. But I don't know. Well, because some of the other names in that bullpen, and we have a, we have forty three starting pitchers, and it's <laughs> not. I don't. I don't know who's going to actually be in the rotation. Um, they might actually throw Hunter Brown back in the bullpen, and not be the fourth guy. But then we have like JP France and Jose Arquiti, which either one of those have, has been our our you know fifth starter. Mm-hmm. We have Seth Martinez and Brandon Belak, who are our kind of like middle reliever, like long guys. So, and then we have a couple of like AAA guys that are trying to make it on the roster. So, if our bullpen can bullpen and stay healthy and do the things. It, it it may be really good. It may be really good. Yeah, I don't and think there's a team it. that wouldn't take that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even without expecting it, you're like, yeah, no, I think I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I think that's good. Yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. But um I'm I'm it's, I'm excited. It's nice about it. just to be one of the few teams that's had like a big splash this offseason because here we are talking about all these middle relievers. That have signed, and that is typically what happens around this time in the off season. But yeah. there's still like seventy three hundred other free agents uh-huh. who are not middle relievers or even like no name guys that yeah. have not signed yet. So yeah. we're waiting. We are. We are waiting. And you know the we Astros have lost Hector Neris, Phil Maton, and Ryan Stanek. All Hector Neris was our our late innings. Um. Guy, Phil Maton, Ryan Stanek, kind of that middle inning, high leverage guys. Um, and I've been wanting to resign Hector Neris, mm-hmm. but I'm all, oh, just kidding. We're definitely not going to resign Hector Neris now that Josh Hader has signed. And so now the rumor is, you know, like the Rangers have been talking to Hector Neris, the Yankees have been talking to Hector Neris, and both of those teams just kind of break my heart if, if I have to. If I have to watch Hector Neris on either one of those teams, that will break my heart. That is rough. Just just think back to Josh Hader at the back of your bullpen. What else can you do? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was not aware that of the whole, like, history behind Josh Hader. And, you know, obviously because when Josh Hader got traded, it was before Baseball Susie. So in case you guys don't know. Josh Hader came up in the Astros minor league system mm-hmm. like in 2014, 2015, I think either one of those years apparently is one of those years that when he got traded away, he got traded away to the Brewers for Carlos Gomez, Carlos. That shit. sounds right. I don't know. There is a Carlos. Um, But I don't want to say more importantly, because that's not, that's not the, guy that I want that's not the 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 feeling that I want to give but um it was Carlos something and um Mike Fires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not familiar with that name. Mike Fires is a <laughs> whistleblower or uh Josh Hader would never <laughs> yeah so apparently and apparently we've been we've been trying to get Josh Hader back for years now I think because Jim Crane had said that he was in talks with um, the Padres last season for Josh Hader and another pitcher 
from the Padres. Oh, he was traded for Carlos Gomez. You were right. Gomez. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm like, all right, Blake Snell, come on down. Like, (laughs) that's fine. Our, our, oh my God, you cannot have like Blake Snell too. Our, our, you know what? Like our, our middle infield, like (sighs) our defense is good enough. Jose Altuve, that's okay. Like on the nights, Blake Snell can, Blake Snell's in, Mauricio Dubon will just be our second baseman and like, we'll be good. Just walk the world, Blake Snell. Come on. But, you know, like that's, we cannot add another starting pitcher to our rotation because we have 43 of them and we don't know who's, who all's going to be where. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. Not a bad but, problem to have from where I'm sitting. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Kels. You got all you got all of the the boiled chicken starting rotation. Got everybody born before 1990. Ben Come Gay and Vibes over. Ben Gay and Vibes is holding that St. Louis Cardinals um, starting rotation together. Yeah, well, because one of the other big headlines this week that we might as well touch on is that. Uh, Adam Wainwright is no longer holding down the, or holding up, I should say the average age of the St. Louis Cardinals roster because he has signed uh, with Fox sports as a full-time broadcaster. He's going to do a a full slate of games in the regular season and the postseason, which is just a win for, for Fox sports and for baseball, for baseball fans everywhere because he is excited about it excellent and pitchers are always my favorite color analysts and he is just one of my favorite people ever so my favorite public personas and he's done a great job in he's called uh, the Astros postseason games uh, Mm -hmm. the past couple seasons so yeah he does he does a great job he brings a really great perspective as well as personality and don't worry Wayno, we do miss you on the roster, but they are holding that average age up without you. So it'll be okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, I love when past players become color people, especially if they can speak really well, because mm-hmm. there are, there have been some color commentators that I'm all do. Have you even heard yourself? Can you not? I don't. Yeah. Or don't. the way that they talk is like, is maybe very like clubhouse kind of talk. Like I can see it being something mm-hmm. that maybe if you're, ta- if you were talking as a coach to another player right. might be more impactful or like sensical, but it's not digestible to the majority of fans. And yeah, yeah that is not Adam Wainwright. He's, he's on our level. He's talking straight yeah. to us, to the people. Yeah, I, I love, I love Wayno. So that'll be, that'll be really fun to see. So, um, I think, I think that's it. I think we're going to, I think we're going to wrap it up. Kels, where can, where can the people's, where can the people's find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at KBird tweets. That's K B U R D tweets. And I'm on Instagram at peace.love.baseball. My weekly podcast, peace, love and baseball comes out on Tuesdays, but I'm always here weekly on bourbon and baseball as well. Susie, yep. where can they find you slash us? Right. They can find us on Twitter, Bourbon in B-Ball, and Instagram, Bourbon and Baseball Pod. Tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. We would love that. 
Because again, like I said, if you missed it earlier in the show, Korea, Japan, Spain has entered the chat. All of you fine listeners overseas, I don't know how, when, where you're finding the podcast. But apparently, apparently you are because we have been charting on the Apple Podcast charts over there. And we love that. United States, I need you to get on board. Yes. I don't know where y'all are at, but I need you need you guys to get on board. So please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. Give us any reviews. We would love that. Come talk to us. I'd love that. Um, hit subscribe on YouTube. It's a big red button somewhere. I don't know. Tell all your friends. We would appreciate that because that enables us to do the content for free longer. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully at some point in time, you know, John Brebbia and Kelsey do a baseball show and let me come on at some yeah, point in time. Get it here um, while you can. Yeah. That's all so. I'm saying. Um, but I think that's it. And with that, we will say good night and yay, baseball. I'm going to hit end record now. <laughs>